Second and victory. What is up, Titans fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Second in Victory podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. My name is Austin Nelson. Before we get into it, stop the podcast. Go hit subscribe. Uh, make sure you are spreading the word about our podcast. We are trying to grow this thing as big as we can. Uh, we appreciate the people that listen, uh, but send this to your friends, all your Titans fans, and tell them to give this episode a listen and subscribe to the podcast. Um, we appreciate the support. We are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Again, I say it every podcast. It is the best place to go get your latest Titans news and coverage, um, as well as your National SC and National Preds coverage, too. Uh, and give us a follow on Twitter, at Second and Victory. And you can also get us on our merch store, secondandvictory.com, which we need to stock that, boys, is what we need to do. Get some new stuff in there. But Sold out. I know, right? As always, I am here with my two co-hosts, Brett Batcher, Chris Carter. What it do, guys? What's up? What's going on? If I was any better, I'd be Juan Soto. I <laughs> dude. <laughs> That's good. What a day. Oh, literally. What a day what for a him. Baseball fans. I mean, what a day for the Padres. My gosh, dude. You got Josh Hader and Juan Soto? So you get Josh Hader if, for those baseball fans. For those that aren't, I apologize. We'll make this really fast. Um, you get Josh Hader, and then I get the – Update this morning saying they want to get Soto and Josh Bell. And you're like, okay, good luck with that. Yep. And they get both. And you're like, wait, what? After Eric Hosmer almost ruins the whole thing. And now he's a Red Sox. <laughs> not, not thrilled about it, but I don't hate it by any means. He ain't bad. No. He's Jeff, a good contact hitter, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's he's having so a playing Kansas City. batting average is solid. He's a consistent hitter. The home runs aren't there. RBIs aren't great this season, but he's still, you know, consistent. And the Red Sox. got to get that building percentage up, though. Yeah, he needed when the Red Sox needed the first baseman, so that was mm-hmm. definitely a need. Who knows what they're doing? But anywho, um, so this is gonna be our second episode, um, first for you know for the season, but also in our training camp preview. Last week we, were, we talked about the offense. If you want to get that, go find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get podcasts, and go listen to that. This time we're gonna talk about the defense and break that down. Um, a very exciting defense, to say the least. I, I'm again. I think I'm more excited to watch the defense this year than the offense, uh, just because of the pieces. Um, another year, um, to the 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 rise of Jeffrey Simmons and you know some other pieces. We'll kind of get into that, but I want to start, Chris, with the defensive line. We'll kind of go around position by position group again, like we did last week. Talk about the linemen for a second. The guys in the trenches. Outside of just Jeff Simmons, we can talk about his impact in a second and kind of what we expect from him in 2022. Who are some guys on the line that you are excited to watch? Yeah, I think, you know, starting off kind of right in the middle, I'm excited for Naquan Jones. I want to see what kind of leap he takes. Um, I think he kind of solidified himself as the starter near the end of the season there. And it uh, seems like a guy that can can make a little noise, especially having having an impact player like Jeffrey Simmons beside him. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm really excited to see how he matures, how he grows, uh, and and see what Vrabel can get out of him. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who that who that third and fourth piece is going to be on that defensive line because you know you got Jeffrey Simmons, 
You know, you got Daquan Jones. Who's going to be that third guy that's not coming off the edge? Because last year it was Harold Landry, which technically is an outside linebacker. But if Jeffrey or whatever, or if Daquan has to stop out, step out for a play, who's going to be that guy that then steps in that can, I'm mean, obviously not going to be the same player, but to fill that role where there's not that big of a drop off? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with. Um... I mean, how do you how do you not get excited about the Nico Autry again in this offense? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm sorry also, if I didn't like, say to Nico, I messed that up. And he's a uh, he's also a guy that you know can come out of that uh, off that edge uh, out of those those um, outside linebacker spots too. Um, I mean, that is a potent uh, front <laughs> three with Danico, Jeffrey, and, and Naquan um, kind of you know just manning that front three and. Opening up things for for Dupree and, and Landry off the edge. That's uh, that, I I can't wait I, to see all of those guys healthy. Did I say Daquan Jones a second ago? You may have. I think I did. If I did, I meant Danico. But yeah, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, I, I all right. Did, dude. I, we, I Chris and I, I didn't did. even catch you either. I thought you were uh, saying. Yeah, I, I thought you were saying Daquan Jones too, like I did. <laughs> no, I think I said Daquan. No, uh, that's I. I thought it sounded weird, man, when I said it. But but yeah. For me, the, the depth, so now if I can try and clear that up, <laughs> not Daquan Jones, Nico and Jeffrey, past him, who are going to be those people that really fill it up? And like you said, Naquan, the depth of the defensive line is really what I want to see when those guys have to step out. Who's going to be able to fill it in without a drop-off on the defensive line? Yeah, and we've, we've kind of been hearing, uh, you know, about some, some of that rotation there, a couple of new guys kind of coming in and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you're right. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out by the time the the final fifty three is is solidified. And I think you know we kind of talked about it before we hopped on the podcast. There's there's a lot of guys you're hearing about in camp and 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 you know the media is raving about. And there's a lot of guys you aren't. I don't think it's it. Don't freak out yet by any means. For those that keep up with the with the, the tweet daily tweets from camp, um, there's still you know nine days to the first preseason game, and then after that. There's there's two more there's you know there's three total games, so I think it's going to take time for us to kind of figure out who is you know excelling and who who's playing well. But the guys at the back end that that are fighting for their spot, um, you can kind of go down the list. Demarcus Walker, um, who won a won an off season award. Yeah, Demarcus Walker, um, and then guys like Deshaun Hand, Haskell Garrett, um, Jaden Peavy, and then a guy that's they've talked about that's not having a great camp so far. Uh, Laryl Merchants. Merch. Big merch. Hate that. That's interesting to me, man. Me too. That's that's super interesting to me. I wonder why, too. Obviously, I really want to know what's up, why, what's going on with him. He's on the back end of the of the reps, you know. He's not he's not getting a, a ton of reps in, in in camp right now. Um, I don't know, maybe something with his work ethic. He's just he's just getting outworked by by others. Um, I haven't heard another name. I don't think you said him, but another name that popped into my head that I haven't heard anything about is Tier Tart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name? And I feel like, you know, I feel like especially with the D-line, when you don't hear that name, that's that's concerning. Whereas on, on the other side of the trenches, not hearing a, an offensive lineman's name is usually a good a good thing. Um, but, yeah, the, the that's and that's a guy that obviously has made a lot of noise as a starter at times. And, uh. um I'm not uh, sure if I look at it as a, as a concerning thing. Um, only for the fact of like sometimes no publicity is good publicity. Yeah. And, you know, he, he might not be doing terrible, 
because uh, I can't think of Chris, me and you talked about this for him. One of the DBs we've heard the most talked about this entire camp has been Kenneth George. But every single time it's been because he's been getting just roasted and burned on deep and deep passes across middle and stuff like that. So not hearing Tier Tart's name, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that it's a good thing because he could be having a bad camp or we're not hearing about it, but I don't necessarily, I'm not going to go off the fact of, because we know that he's got the talent he's good enough. So I'm not necessarily going to say it's a bad thing that we're not hearing his name called out. And this is what I was saying. I, I think it's just too early to kind of to freak out over some guys that you haven't heard about yet. Um, a lot, you know, another month of camp left. So, and, hey, but if, and, if, if this was, if this was like, if we were the 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 Jags. Hey, by the way, we have football on Thursday night, boys. Um, if we were playing on Thursday night, we still didn't hear his name. Then I think it would be a little bit more concerning. But we still got another week and a half for the Titans to play their first preseason game. Yeah, and I think I think what what'll be super interesting about that first preseason game is. The ro- that rotation there, because I mean, I fully mm-hmm. expect Jeffrey Simmons isn't going to play. Danico Autry is not going to play. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you know. I, I think we'll see probably Naquan starting, probably Demarcus Walker starting, just because of what we kind of he- have heard so far. But that rotation will be really interesting to to see because that'll give us an idea of kind of the pecking order right now uh, of who's who's who in the running of we're, of depth we're going to find there. out. We're going to find out a lot more in that in those first, but they're only being three preseason games now. I think almost the first two are almost way more important for for depth purposes than they are about finding out who okay, who's going to be that you know that that fifth receiver or that fourth receiver. Because like after I know we're talking about defense, so like after the first two preseason games, you probably have a good idea about obviously you know who's going to start, then you know who's going to be you know maybe your third guy. But if you're wanting to keep you know your fourth linebacker, that's when you're going to see. Uh, that that last preseason game, I believe it's I believe that's the Tampa one. That might be the Arizona one, uh, Arizona. but but Arizona, yeah. But that first preseason game, I think, is going to be a, a huge key about who you really really see uh, in the long run. I think so too, and I think you know, like you say, Chris, you're not going to see Simmons. You won't see Autry. Um, you may not even see. Might not see Byard. Well, then you may not even see. Naquan to an extent you might not you're gonna see you know the that's three guys right there with about eight to go so most of these guys will be playing the majority of the game so double real chance to kind of look at that group specifically uh one of the thinner groups um on the team so uh they'll they'll definitely get you know figure out who they want to keep I'd say they they're not going to keep more than what six five I would say I would say six, maybe, six? but five, I yeah. think five is probably more likely, especially since well, you know, they might keep a six just because they can flex to Nico at edge, uh, so they might keep one less edge than they, you know, that that gives them a little flexibility there. But yeah, five or six I think is the the most likely number. So I want to I want to kind of pivot onto um, Jeffrey Simmons for a second. Um, he's he's slowly but surely becoming a household name and slowly but surely, you know, making his case that he's going to be a top two, top three interior lineman in this league. I think when his contract's all said and done, I think he'll be right behind Aaron Donald. That's my personal uh, opinion. Uh, Donald's getting 31 mil, and I think the next closest is 21. So I think he'll be right in between there on a per-year basis. That's going to come in due time. I I don't know when. Hey, we might get an update tomorrow about it. We could be, you know – next year when it's when it's you know finally needs to happen but kind of let's talk about the impact that he'll have in 2022 does he make another jump I mean the man had 12 sacks last season um was a pro bowler what does 2022 look like for Jeffrey Simmons 
looks like 2021 to me. I think so too. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't see why. Like, yeah, I don't see why there'd be any drop off. I don't see why there'd be any. And it, I mean, if, if a contract is not done by September 11th, then he's going to have so much to play for. And so, I mean, we already know as fiery as he is, as much as he wants to win. Now, if he's playing for that money, then I mean, my goodness. Uh, so, I, I don't see why there'd be any drop off, and especially like with the, if he's playing for that contract and a Super Bowl, then there's the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a extremely you know special talent. We've we've seen that in just his first few years, but it's a it's a it's a contract that needs to get done soon because it's I think it's just going to get more expensive. Um, it's rising and, and rising. Yeah, and that's that's. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's because of the faith that all of us as fans kind of have in him. Uh, I think he's going to be, as you said, uh, I think he's a top, he'll be a top two uh, interior lineman. And I think he's uh, he's well on his way there. And it seems like, you know, it gets more and more, um, the, the league itself is getting more and more aware of how special he is. I know going into last season, um, there was a, there was an executive from another team anonymous of course that said he's the closest thing to Aaron Donald in the league right now that's not named Aaron Donald um so you know I think more and more people are going to start realizing that about him he uh he mentioned that the one of the things he's focusing on this year is his weight uh he's at 309 right now wants to focus kind of center on 309 310 uh, he was 315 so, yeah. last year I believe yeah and, and said he even went above that at times um, so he kind of he's want to say it's more more consistent with that. Tell you he's wanting to get quicker too. Exactly, that's exactly what I was getting at. He wants to be play faster. Um, and so we already know how strong he is, man. Strong as an ox. So if you can imagine him being quicker, we already know how, how 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 you fast talk about he, just utter. You talk about just utter domination. And I think he's only getting more skilled as a pass rusher as well. I think that's something he's priding himself on is being more um, versatile, pass rush, um, run block. Um, and even even dropping back if, if needed. We've seen that before with him. So he's kind of a do-it-all guy. And you just named everything physical he does, but that's not even mentioned in his intangibles. Of, I mean, it's clear that he's him and KB are the leaders of this defense. 100%. Uh, he's the he's the obviously the more fiery uh, of the of the two, but it's it's clear that he's a leader. Pe- players are looking at him uh, to to not just lead by example, but you know lead lead verbally and and get everybody fired up. And that's really cool to see too. I mean, you have to, you know, teams have the game plan on the offensive side for Derek Henry, but on the defensive side, you have to game plan for Jeffrey Simmons. He's that kind of guy that you have to pay attention to. And that's something the Titans haven't really had. And I mean, since what, what, Kyle I was going to say Haynes, Haynesworth. Haynesworth, yeah. It's I been about Klug, since, Klug, since Klug was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't there. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> game plan for Carl Klug. <laughs> Nobody. Maybe Jarrell Casey. Maybe at times. Uh, Jarrell's a good one. Jarrell's a good one, actually. I don't know. I mean, why I think I think Jarrell is. I think Jarrell is elite as a Titan. I think Jeffrey Simmons is elite as an NFL player in the league. I will go to say that Jarrell might be the most underrated Titan of all time. I, I think he's up there since they go, sure. since they've come to Nashville. Yeah, I think he's up there. For sure. All right, so I want to pivot to this uh, group. And it's a group that I am kind of not worried about by any means, but I think it's one of the one of the question marks on this roster. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong with the linebackers. Um, I want to start with – we'll go outside and inside. So, you know, you're Harold Landry, who got the bag uh, this offseason. 
We knew it was coming. Good for him. Well-deserved. Year two in the Titans defense for Bud Dupree. What's that going to look like? And then you have year, – Year two and healthy. Exactly. And Who's already got in the bag? Another guy, Rashad Weaver, that we're excited about and a healthy Rashad yep. Weaver. Um, and there's some other guys circling. I mean, Ola, we know how Ola, when Ola comes on the field, <laughs> Ola's fun to watch. Seriously, I'm glad he Heck came. Yeah, he is. He's a uh, dog on special teams. So, looking at that, I mean, that's a that's a that's a solid four pass rushes right there. And, and you really have lie. you really have four and a half because, uh, like we were saying with Danico, you can flex him yeah. out off the edge too. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fantastic group of of edge rushers. I think it's probably. It's definitely the best edge group we've had under Vrabel, but I would probably say the the best edge group we've had in the in the since like the the early two thousands. Like, I mean, that's uh, the tyrants. Like since the tyrant yeah. days. Like I think I think top to bottom, you look at this defense. There's truly not a weak link. I think, you know, there's no. not a bunch of household names. There's, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, guys. Need to play. If, the, if the potential works out and they play like we know how they could play, dude, this defense is, is top five. The thing, it's scary. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The, the thing that worries me about the defense is not those outside linebackers, but it's going to be the coverage in between the, in between the hedges, across the middle, the 10 to 20-yard passes with those inside linebackers because those are some fresh new faces that are now playing zone coverage and man-to-man across the middle. I mean, it's an entirely new group. We've kind of seen the same entirely. group back, back there for, um, you know, three, four years now, Jayon Brown, Rashad um, – Rashawn Rashad Evans. Evans. Sorry. I said Rashad Johnson. Uh, Rashawn <laughs> Evans. Remember him? <laughs> he played Rashad, with Rashad, Rashawn Evans. Uh, and there's been other guys, you know, in there as well. But you know, a new inside line. Will Compton. You can't forget Will Compton. Jesus there you go. Christ. The boy. But I talked to you guys about this earlier. I haven't heard a damn thing about the inside linebackers in camp so far. And again, I know I said that it's it's too early, but still, I mean, you're talking about a Zach Cunningham, a vet. Yeah. Um, he's the league in the tackles before. So uh, <clears throat> year two. Money's on PUP. Yeah. So. And then of course, uh David Long. So I think that's that's the one group that has to has to pick it up. If that group is sound all year long, defense will be great. Yeah, here, great. my thing, I th- man. I is, think. Go ahead, Brett. Sorry, Chris. My thing is 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 if Zach is the Zach that we know, I I've, I've always been a big fan of David Long Jr. If he can take that small step, just, it's just a small step. He does not have to be the top three linebacker in the game because he's already a, he's already a very very solid linebacker. Which honestly, he might be playing for a contract this year to stay in Nashville because he could get a nice little contract, not a record breaking one, obviously. But if he can take a very, very small step to, to that, to that just the just barely the next level up, he doesn't need to go far. Then I think the inside linebacker four could be awesome because Monty Rice doesn't have to be the starter, he's coming off PUP. And from what we saw last year in the first uh 12 weeks, of, might have been week 12 when he got hurt in, in New England, but. He was actually kind of nice, honestly. Monty surprised a lot of people because they didn't know if he was going to be if it was the right pick in the fourth round, all that. He got some. He got some starts. But he did. Like he actually was kind of nice. So if if Zach is who is going to play the way we think he can, if Monty, or excuse me, if David can take that small step, it could work out really, really well. Yeah, and I think I, I think the the weaknesses of of that interior linebacking group can be covered up. Uh, obviously, strong safeties. 
I think the strong outside linebackers help with some of those weaknesses in the inside linebacking core. But I think, and I agree with Austin what you were saying, if they can take that next step and be special, I think the inside linebacker group is the difference between a top 10 defense and a top two defense. Uh, I think we're probably, I mean, well, I think this is a top five defense no matter what. But if they take the next step and David Long is as good as we think David Long can be, and if Zach Cunningham is still the Zach Cunningham that we've seen him be, this could be an easily top two defense in the league. I'd agree. I kind of want to go back to a second about um, Harold Landry. Um, again, a career high, 12, 12 sacks last year. Uh, the thing that, that you know, reports are of him is that he wants to be more versatile, wants to draw back in coverage. He had a career worse last year in completion rate, quarterback rating allowed. They picked on Harold when he was in coverage. Um, so that's one of the things that he's going to work on this season is, is that improving that, that – that man coverage and in space. Um, so I think that's important, man. A guy like that who who has speed, who is versatile, who can run with, you know, your tight ends and those crossing routes, even the running backs out the backfield. Um, if he can, you know, be a little bit better in that aspect, it's another piece that, the, you know, can help out the, the inside core um, with dropping him back. Yeah, I agree. But to be to be frank, that's not something I want to see very often. Uh, um, I mean, that's a that's a guy I want attacking the the quarterback. I think he has he has such a unique skill set on this team that you know even a guy like Bud Dupree doesn't necessarily have the the same uh, moves moves in his toolkit that that Harold has. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's totally accurate in that if if we do see improvement in that aspect and. You know, it's a, a goal line situation and he has to drop if he can cover that tight end and stop them from getting that touchdown. That's massive. Who has more sacks in 2022, Jeffrey Simmons or Harold Landry? Oof. I think it's probably still Harold. Um, but I think it's because Simmons is going to get a lot more double and triple teams. That's a great point. Um and I think that's obviously that's massive, right? Because that just frees guys like Harold Landry and Bud Dupree up even more. Facts. Um, but yeah, I think I'm I with think you, Chris. Probably still I'm Harold. with you, Chris. He's with you, Chris. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my fault. Uh, I'm with you, Chris. Now I think uh, Harold's just going to have way more opportunities. He's going to be able to to. to get off of the edge more it's it's tougher to double team him than it will be Jeffrey uh who'll be coming up the middle you know more often than not so uh it's just an opportunity standpoint and then like I said coming off the edge he's got more free space and we know how quick he is so all right who has more sacks Harold Landry Bud Dupree that was Harold. my next point Harold. I, I, again I think I think <sighs> Bud could reap the benefit of Harold being focused a little bit more too. I think it could be like a chain reaction thing, right? Jeffrey's going to get the most most focus. But if if they start attacking Harold a little bit more, that just frees Bud up. I think you can see a situation where at the end of the year, you look at sacks, Harold, Bud, and Jeff all have about eight. That's a win. Itself. That's huge. I mean, that, 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 yeah. that's a it's a good year for 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 everybody. That's twenty four sacks okay, for three guys alone. Yeah. If all three of those have eight, how many does Danico have? Five, six, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think another eight is possible, mm-hmm. right? I think. I think. I think right now, Harold is sitting at the fact of the AFC South 
knows who Harold Andrew, who Harold Landry is. They know how good Harold Landry is. The NFL does not know how good Harold Landry is. So I think once we get around to like week eight, week nine, if there's a drop off, that's because he's going to be dominating the first several weeks. Then people are really going to start picking up on, okay, this guy's really, really good. I think we had a really potent three-headed monster in the in the pass rush department with with Simmons, uh, Landry, and, and Autry last year, and obviously. Bud Dupree was a part of that, but Bud Dupree wasn't fully healthy most of the season and was coming right. off that injury. I think with a whole offseason of work uh, and focus that he's been able to have and knowing that he's a key key part of that, th- I mean, we very Bud easily good, could see – We Bud very easily good. could see 30-plus sacks between the four of them. It's very <laughs> possible. You know how dominant that is? I'm interested to see when we do our bowl I mean, predictions in a couple of weeks what what our bowl predictions are because I feel like we're going to be very similar on, on some things. Yeah, I mean, Denico Denico had nine last year. Simmons, how, how many did Simmons end up with? Simmons and Harold had twelve apiece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so thirty three. That's thirty three. We might hey, look at forty five between the four. Think of them. about it. Last year, the team jumped from what was it, like nineteen the year before to like forty three as a team last year. That jump over one year is insane. Obviously, you're not going to go from 43 to, you know, 80-something. But, like, I mean, if you can get around that 43 number, I'm getting, you can start pushing. I mean, 50 sacks is a lot, man. But, I mean, if you can get to that 40s again, you're doing really, really nice. So, the Steelers last year led the league in sacks with 55. Yeah. Tight. TJ had how many? 20, 22, 22 and a half, I think, which tied the record, right? Mm-hmm. Titans came uh, tied for ninth. 40, was it 43? 43. Yeah. It was very possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah, I could see you getting over 50 this year. I think I think it's just going to be so dominant. Watch. That's, I don't, so, that's so I don't, dominant. I don't even care excited. what the number is because I think there's going to be so much pressure on quarterbacks coming from those four. This Who knows? The sack numbers might not be massive, but the quarterback hurries, the quarterback pressures, all of that is going to be huge. All right, so outside of all the guys we named, I mean, there's going to be guys that are fighting for spots. Um, we mentioned Ola. I think Ola makes a roster just because of his special teams ability. And then we got guys like Chance Campbell, the rookie. Um, your guy Dylan Cole, Chris. Um, and then you have guys like Jack Gibbons, Joe Jones, and then Justin Lawlin. Can't see them making a making – No, a, no, and no. Yeah, can't see them. I'm not trying to be rude, but – But, yeah, you know, I think Joe Jones – did make some noise on special teams and stuff last year, along with Dylan Cole. So, Dylan you know, Cole kind of made a name for himself last year on this on this roster. And and you know, I think I think they're probably comfortable with Dylan Cole kind of just like being that special teams ace. Um, mm-hmm. That you know that that guy that's kind of been like the Darren Bates role in the past. Those those kind of guys. That's a, uh, that's such a good comparison, Chris. I mean, and and that's super valuable too, right? To have that kind of guy uh-huh. on on the special teams unit. So, I I I wouldn't be shocked at all if Dylan Cole is on the 53. Um, but I also think Chance Campbell probably makes it. So depending on what Monty Rice's health uh, is looking like come, you know, come cut down day, I don't know if he starts the season on on pup list or what, but. Then you're required be, to miss what, is it four games. If you start on PUP, you're required to miss four. I think it's six, is it not? I thought they might have changed it. They may have. Uh, we'll look uh, it up. Yeah, I don't know. We'll look it up. But so, okay, so when you got Dylan Cole's special teams, 
You got a chance of special teams. You got Ola special teams. What does that do about the DBs who are going to be special teams? Josh, Josh Kalou, Theo Jackson, uh, maybe even Chris Jackson there. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot that comes down to it when deciding who's going to be special teams and, and which part of the defense you're going to take from, which one you're going to cut from when deciding that special teams role as well. We shall see. We shall see. All right, let's go to the back half of this, of this defense, uh, secondary. Uh, let's start with the cornerback specifically. Um, a oh, very young but exciting group um, on that side. I mean, your, your, your oldest player is Greg Maben with six years' experience. And who knows? 28, Greg, 29? Who, who knows if he makes the league or makes the team? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, he might. At the very back end, I mean, it's a guy that, that, that didn't get a whole bunch of playing time. Um, only when, you know, you're, you're missing players. But, you know, you can you could also argue that the biggest question mark is is the cornerbacks and the, and the youth there. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of talent there. A ton a whole of lot of talent. And it's crazy that it's led by – I mean, you'd say it's led by Christian Fulton, a third-year yeah. guy. It's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of unproven talent. So you'll have, you'll have Christian Fulton and Kayla Farley on the outsides. We'll get to Farley in a second. Um, Molden will make the roster. Roger McCreary will make the roster. Let's talk about him in a second as well. Um, and then you have guys that will be fighting for spots. Chris Williamson, Trey Swilling. I think Josh Kalou is going to make the roster. Chris Jackson. Maybe not. Yeah, Chris Jackson, of course. Uh, Greg Maben, Kenneth George, Shaim uh, Carter, and Trey Avery. Well, based on everything I've seen, I'll be absolutely floored if Kenneth George makes the roster. It's because you the, went to Tennessee. It's, it's because I haven't seen a single positive tweet about him. I don't think all of camp. Well, I mean, when you go to college in Tennessee, you don't get a whole, you know, a whole lot of uh, coaching there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, whoa, hey. I was, was going to say Brett ain't budged yet. I was waiting on Brett whoa, to budge. Whoa, whoa, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Easy there. What, so your lock, your, your obvious locks. Christian Fulton, <laughs> Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Roger McQuarrie, McQuarrie, Elijah Moulton. I don't know. I don't know who McQuarrie is. McQuarrie. Um, <laughs> you know, those four, those four are guarantees, right? I think Chris Jackson probably makes the, the roster. Just oh, for sure. He's, he's yeah. a solid depth guy, solid flexibility across pretty much the whole uh, defensive backfield. That's five. I was going to say, this is where it comes down to. Do you keep six or seven? Because, you know, when you look at the safeties in a second, do you keep three or four of those? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be nine or ten total that you keep back there. And hey, Chris, and a, name, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Go and ahead. another guy that we know has positional flexibility back there, and we know Vrabel likes that, is the guy they just brought back, Josh Kalou. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's two guys that can play cornerback or safety that you could – you could potentially be seeing make that fifty-three. So, so name those guys again, Chris. That you just that you just mentioned a second ago for the DBs: Fulton, Farley, McCreary, and Molden. So Fulton, Farley, McCreary, and uh, I'd, I'd I'd even go ahead and write down who's the other one you said. I, I'd be Elijah sure. Molden. Molden. If Chris Jackson doesn't make the team. So, so you got Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Roger McCreary, Elijah Molden, Chris Jackson. So Spot. then if you go, which is good too. So then if you go safeties, obviously you got KB, obviously you got Hooker. Um, 
I mean, does, does, is Theo Jackson your safety three? A.J. Moore. A.J. Moore, who's made – he's actually made some really nice plays in camp, by the way. Um, so, we'll do A.J. slash Theo. Michael, Michael Griffin, too. Yeah. Um, I think he would have to be a stud on special teams to make it. But, um, okay, so you got Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Roger McCurry, Elijah Molden, Chris Jackson, that's five. Then you got KB and Amani, that's seven. So then I think you throw, eight. I think you throw AJ Moore in there. I, uh, so then there's he's eight. He's making the team, I think. You know. So then there's eight. And the, do, do you keep Theo as a ninth or do you put Theo on, on practice squad? I, th- I think Theo probably makes the team. I think there's a good chance they have makes the team because they 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 low key like Theo. They really do. So, I think I mean, if only Buster Screen was still here, he's making the team. Dude, that kind of hurts, honestly, man. Dude, but yeah. but if if Buster doesn't retire, is Josh Kalu brought back? Probably not. No, exactly. which I'm okay with. I would. I think I would because realize. I think obviously Buster was very solid on the defensive side, but Kalu brings a much better special teams aspect than Buster Screen did. Right. I didn't even add Kalu to the list. So I want, I want to talk about I – just, I just went back and counted. I've, I found a roster breakdown after the, uh, after the cutdowns last year, and they kept 13 defensive backs. Interesting. Oh, wow. So maybe they all make it then. That's, I mean, it's – they have 18 total at the moment. 13? Did anybody get put on the practice squad? No, this was the 53. Um, Good night. I mean, and and I remember all of these guys being on the roster. The the only one I remember being cut is Brady Breeze. Yeah. So the ones yeah, that made it last got, year, up too, so. Caleb Farley, Jack Rabbit, Chris Jones, Elijah Molden, Christian Fulton, and Breon Borders, Dane Crookshank, Chris Jackson, Amani Hooker, KB, Matthias Farley, Brady Breeze, and Bradley McDougald. How about Matthias Farley? All right, so I think we have an idea of who makes the roster. Um, 13 is a lot higher than I would, ever, would have ever guessed. Yep. But I want to talk about Caleb Farley in particular and kind of his skill set, um, the expectations for him in year two. Only played in three games last season. Um, the the ACL injury in the Buffalo game, guys. Y'all know me. I have I've usually have a crush every year on the Titans. <laughs> it's been it's been AJ the last couple of years, just because I thought this was the guy that you know would finally get over the hump with the Titans wide receiver curse. Nope. Um, but I'm I'm having that crush on Caleb Farley just because I think he's a fucking physical specimen. I think he has that dog in him. He's kind of, you know, he's up there in a, in a specific group of quarterbacks that had the size and the length, the speed, the confidence, um, the skill set. I mean, you can almost make a comparison. He's a he's a, a mini Jalen Ramsey in that in that. Dude, he has the potential to be a top five highest paid cornerback in the NFL. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. And the thing about Caleb is that you know you 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 talk to people and you, and you read articles that he's in the right place at the right time, whether the, the catch is made or not. And that's just that's just you know another great player making the play, but he's in the right place at the right time, and he's coachable. I saw an interview today that Kevin Byard uh, talked with uh, NFL Network. They're at camp and talked about the the development of Caleb Farley, and he just said, you know, 
I'm kind of taking him under my wing right now. I want him to know that that he's 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 got to be big for us this season. You know, with with him, we, we we're going to succeed. Uh, and said that he's kind of taken every opportunity to coach him on the field. That this is a game situation. Imagine as a game, we're not just in practice. Imagine that you're in a, in a game situation. You want a 30 yard line. They could take a shot. Be there. Make sure you're on your toes. So I love that KB's kind of doing that. You know, if you can learn from Kevin Byard, you're gonna be you're gonna be all right. But I am well, extremely excited you, for Kayla Farley. When you think about it, too, when you hear a guy that's always around the ball, a guy that's coachable, a guy that's in great shape, the first person that popped in my, into my mind was Kevin Byard. So if you can have a Kevin Byard-like player at cornerback, I mean, sign me up. Yeah, you, you know, uh, and what better, uh, what better mentor for him to have on this roster is someone who truly, truly believes in in what Vrabel was trying to build here and, you know, someone who uh, has kind of defied expectations in the league um, and and made a huge name for himself in KB. Um, Far- Farley's, I think, the most unique corner the Titans have had um, as long as – as far back as I can remember. Um, you know, I think the, the speed kind of reminds me of, a, of Adam Jones. Uh the speed and, and shiftiness that he has as a cornerback, but um, had, he's six two. Like he's a big dude. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting uh, to see a fully healthy Caleb Farley out there. He's six two with thirty three and a half inch arms that ran a forty yard dash that was rumored at one point a four two four three for sure on club. as a cornerback as a cornerback, and he added muscle in the off season. That's and scary. lost fat. That's scary. Dude, I'm telling you, man, and, and he's probably in better shape now, but when I saw him at minicamp, dude, I mean, you talk about, like, I mean, out of all the players that, that I saw there, I mean, might have been in the best shape of anybody on the field. Just like when you see them walking uh, at practice when they take their helmets off, whatever, like, you can you can tell who's been in shape, who's, who's been working hard and stuff like that. The dude is, like, I mean, in stud shape. You have I remember – on an already elite defense, it's it's a good mix. Yeah, I remember in college I read that he he was clocked at one point at twenty four miles an hour. That's insane. Is just nuts. As man. a cornerback. Yeah, read an article. I will not. Um, I will not let you guys know who wrote this. Uh, <laughs> if I say you might have an idea, but I think I do. The quote is: "In an ideal world, Farley should be the Titans' third best cornerback." Hmm. In an ideal, ideal world, he's the best cornerback on the roster because he's uh, a first round pick. Yeah. Agreed. I'm just, I'm just gonna. We can go. If anything, if, figure it if out, anything, but, I think. I mean, maybe either I mean, Fulton in, or. In, in an ideal world, he's the best player in NFL history. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, what a stupid, yeah. what a stupid thing to say. Uh huh. Um, and I again, I think talk about you know he only played 97 snaps. Um, in 2021 and, and that was still odd to me if you guys remember that call thing like he wasn't playing a whole a whole lot i guess they were worried about the back or whatever um but i was waiting like yo let him let him let him eat let, let the guy play so you only yeah. saw him a few snaps each and every game but he's gonna be starting and, alongside fulton this season and when he was out there he, he looked a little hesitant and i don't For think sure. we're gonna see that hesitancy uh, uh, think- this year i think one of the biggest things that you always hear about is that when guys you know get hurt they kind of learn more uh, from watching and, and, and learning. Yeah. 
I think he probably learned a whole lot from 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 sitting there, you know, watching the you know sitting in meetings and whatnot, watching his teammates play. That it's only gonna you know it only fueled him. So I'm I'm very high, and I think that's a guy. You and may talk- see you may see the preseason game. Maybe they've talked about what a student he has been. Um, to to kind of piggyback off your last point, I think that's huge uh, for a guy that has missed so many snaps in his first year. Um, to to become a true student of the game and to learn and to pick the brain of guys like, you know, Christian Fulton, who obviously hasn't been doing it much longer than him, but, you know, Caleb Farley hasn't been playing cornerback very long in general. Um, so, you know, it's uh, to become a student and to really hone in on, on those, those techniques and, and all of that study, I think is huge. Um, let's talk about Roger McCree for a second, a guy that, at the time, I'll never forget where I was when they dropped to Roger McCree, and I'm thinking, what? A cornerback? Who? Round two. And I've looked like a fool since then. And I think, too, you we have to be real now, and you have to think to yourself, okay, what if Farley doesn't pan out? Is this insurance? Possibly. Let's just be real. It makes you wonder if you should have been eating more baked beans in your life, right? <laughs> I'm not a baked beans guy. Are you not? No, I'm really when it comes to beans, I'm really only green beans. Well, That's Roger is it. Roger's, yeah, the biggest yeah. bait bean guy on the planet. Hey, dude, hey, all power to him. if that makes him play good football on the field, right? Power to him. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, but I mean, there has been nothing but positive things said about Roger McCree. The videos you watch, him going one on one day after day with Burks, love that, love that competition. Not afraid, yeah, he's not Rabel afraid. Was, Rabel's just let him go at it. Because um, I mean, it's your future. Those two guys are going to be on the field a lot for you in the next next next. Yeah. Um, and iron, iron sharpens sharp, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. So I mean, if if Roger McCreary is making Traylon Burks better, then the, that just makes the team better. Right. And, and you know, today uh, I believe Shane Bowen uh, talked about how Roger's not a rookie. Like in every aspect of of his game, he's he's there's nothing that makes him look like a rookie. He's prepared. He's, you know, going at it. He's making plays. He's doing everything that you would want out of a, out of a veteran, and he's not. And I think he gets significant playing time this season. Like I think you see him on the field a lot. Um, I know there's been talk about him starting over Molden. I think it's too early to figure that out yet. Again, we're six days into camp. I kind of like Molden, honestly, bro. I've always oh, sure. kind of been Yeah, I, I really have. But, I'm, I I do too. I think I think Molden really like got progressively better as the season went on last year. But at the same time, like who better to take over Dan Crookshanks tight end eraser than than yeah. Yeah. Molden? Okay, this and this this could sound completely stupid. But do you think so last year in that Tampa game in the preseason when Molden like just like balled out? Do you think that almost maybe not necessarily hurt him a little bit, but like obviously you have to play as good as you can. But I, I don't I'm trying to figure out how to make this come across how make it sound like stupid. But like do, do you get what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say? Or no? If not, I mean you can laugh and say no, but <laughs> no. think it, okay, you like, think it was like a little ego like went no, to his no, head no, a little bit. Not on not on him, uh, not on him. Like everybody's like everybody saw him play, they're like, Oh, this dude's gonna be a stud. Without knowing, hey, he's like really like those five plays, they were awesome, but he still had a long ways to go. So, not necessarily hurt him in ego or playing wise, but do you think it got people almost a little too excited too quick about what he can do? 
Mm. Like I said, it could be dumb. And I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just wondering if that's a perception. I, I think it's possibly a perception, yeah. I mean, here, here's my thoughts on on a player that has a game like that. I think it's in them. You know, like you don't just make those plays by, by happenstance. Right. Like those are plays he can make game in and game out. I think it's a matter of – of it all coming together and, and him working his tail off to to be that productive uh, on a consistent basis. Um, yes, I can see like how, uh, you know, it may have, perception it may have caused the public perception of him to, yeah. to that's, kind of that's what I was trying to get across. skyrocket yeah. a little too quickly. But again, man, I think, I think he can make those plays on a consistent basis. It's, it's just a matter of him doing it. Um, I think the the thing about Molden um, is it, he's the type of player that, like, when you kind of let him just his instincts take over, I think he's better. Uh, and so I think he's he kind of needs to stop thinking a little bit. Um, and I think he would. I think he did that kind of as the season went on. And I think that's why he probably got better as the season went on is because he was thinking less and just making plays. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you if you put him in situations where he doesn't have to, he, he can just play with instincts. Uh, and and I think like more of that Dane Crookshank role, I think he should be on the field probably more than Dane was. Um, but if you put him in that position where, you know, there's one you know there's one specific thing he's doing and he will dominate at it. Yeah, you know a guy that that could be the the Crookshank replacement that we we talked about him but we might be forgetting is that is chris jackson yeah what if that's a good point that's a good point yeah. speaking hey speaking of dane he's already on the non-football injury list in chicago saw that so is tajay short with, with, with tajay sharp yeah <laughs> tajay, yep. might um, as well throw taewon taylor on there too he's not there but yeah i mean chris jackson could be that guy too but at that point, it's like, all right. So if Chris Jackson's that guy, then what do you do with you know? Do you keep McCurry and Molden off the field at the same time? Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's what I'm I mean, saying. It's a deep group. They're young. They're they're not. We're um, talking about how to get them all on the field at the same time, but I mean, right. it's the NFL. It's you know, a it's a guys good, are going to get hurt. Good problem. It's a good problem to have. The guys are going to get hurt, and there's no. I don't think on defense, there's no position you want to be deeper at with quality talent than cornerback. And. John Robinson has done that. I mean, when we're talking about a guy that's seen very significant snaps uh, early in his career and Chris Jackson being your fifth or sixth cornerback, that's quality depth. I haven't felt this good about the cornerback since LaShawn Sims was was, was CB4 and sometimes CB5 because he was a really good CB4 player. And I, honestly, this is the best I've felt since he was the CB4. Yeah, I agree. And then, of course, the safeties: Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker. Top three. You know your top, top five duo. Top five duo in the league. And then again, I get drafted in the in the in a April uh, or May. May. Theo Jackson. May. Um, I think. Right, May. Uh, last week of April. What is something like that? I don't know. Last, yeah. And then AJ Moore. It's football season. Uh, it don't matter. Josh Kalu, and then again, Michael Griffin the second. I doubt you see him make it the roster. Um, if he don't did, you kinda, don't you kind of want to see him make the roster? Just and you got to like, give him 33. <laughs> you got to. He's got to wear 33. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think Kevin Byer probably makes the team. I don't know, uh, man. Are you sure? 
Okay. Hooker probably. That's a long shot. That's a long shot. Let's talk about that for a second, though. KB is going into year seven. He's in his prime. He's in his peak. How many yep. more Pro Bowlers? How, how many? How many more All Pros? Oh, bro, he's still got, he's still got five, six years in him, like elite oh, five, six think years. Kevin for Byers sure. has has three. I think two. I do. I think he I has do. at least three elite years left. Yeah, I really do. I do. Um, I mean, but I do too. Kevin Byard's one or two elite seasons away from being my favorite Titan of all time. Wow. Wow. I mean, obviously, like, I have a – Is that blue like, bias? I, I mean, I, I was about to say – I have ties to him, man. I yeah, I, have I, was, a, I was in a class with him. Yeah, and, and that's what I was about to say. Like, this is a guy I've watched for a very long time play football. You know, like, I've watched Kevin Byard play football probably longer than I've watched anybody play football because he's, you know, he's been in the league. So, like, watch anybody as closely as I've watched a player like him. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's – I think if, I think if he's another, you know, on the verge of an all-pro or an all-pro season, he might be my favorite ever. I want to see Kevin get he's back a, to, to the, the seven, eight interceptions a year. That's when it's yeah. fun. Yeah. When he's leading. Yeah. Like, bro, do you remember we freaking picked off Cleveland three times in the game? Three times. That's the stuff I want to yeah. see. A, a, a couple, two interception games for Kevin Byard. Uh, and I want to see people get his name right, too. That's what I want to say. Dude, it's seven, man. Come on. Like, yeah. not, not, Bayard, Bird, nothing like that. Kevin Byard. It's not hard. Yeah. Uh, Titans, Titans Ring of Honor, you think? If he has one more elite season? For sure. Yeah. I think so. For sure. I think it's even like a Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, especially, I mean, especially hey, with dude, the MTSU hey, I've history. The I've got the connections there. I'll just make a quick phone call. Shout out Brad Willis. <laughs> uh, Shout out you know, Brad Willis. Awesome uh, dude. With with four years at MTSU and then what he's done with the Titans, yeah, he's a he should be in the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame the year he retires, <laughs> like without question. Dude, there's a there's a couple Titans right now that will probably be in the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. I mean, let's let's remember he led the nation in interceptions while at MTSU. So it's not like his MTSU years were just a flash in the pan or anything, you know. Um, but yeah, KB uh, should continue to be KB, um, especially with even better pieces around him. Uh, I think you know the the times we've seen Kevin Byard uh, kind of struggle the most are. Kind of what I was just saying with Molden when he's having to either to overthink uh, because somebody else is is you know not not fulfilling their duties on a play or something like that. Um, I don't see that being a problem with the group that he has around him this year. With with Jordan Poyer getting hurt today in Buffalo and possibly missing you know first maybe the first week of the season uh, maybe maybe the second I don't think it'll go that long because it's only a high percentage elbow but we've talked about how if Amani takes a jump this year that there's a, there's, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a possibility that, that KB and Amani could become the best safety duo in the NFL. I think they're top five already. Um, but if Amani takes that jump and they gain, they gain that confidence, man, I mean, they could really, really, really make a name for themselves on this defense. I mean, this is a, it's going to be a contract year for Amani Hooker too. I mean, this guy's playing yep. for a paycheck next season. Um, like, and Jeff- again, a guy I would rather them sign sooner than later because yep. if he has uh, an elite season, then 
he's going to get the he's bag. not staying he's somebody is going to pay him big money especially so, with how young he is yeah yeah and so kind of I mean, let's let's talk about that i mean like when you look at the 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 league in safety wise i mean now kevin byard at the time was the highest paid safety in league history he's now the seventh highest paid um what does a a money hooker contract look like annual what's uh what's jesse bates projected to get uh i'm not positive did he not just I'm get paid think... he's on the franchise tag that's what it is so he's getting 12 mil this year um, okay. You go back down here and you look at like um, Marcus May, seven and a half mil. That think he's better than Marcus May. Tyron Matthew, nine and a half mil. Micah Hyde, nine and a half mil. Him and Poyer, you know, both getting paid nine mil a year, which is a steal for the Bills. Oh my gosh. So I okay, and I, I bring up Jesse Bates to just to to gauge the of what the new safeties are going to get, but. I mean, you would think somewhere around that eight and a half. Nine, I think Jesse Bates probably. is a better is a better safety. I mean, I think Jesse Bates oh, for is, sure. has, for has sure. elite Absolutely. potential. Um, yeah, I but think, I think you're right. I think they're probably like very close. Like he's not far under him when it comes to like potential contract. He might correct. Get. Yeah, especially on the open that. market. I don't know about if he resigns yes. here, but on the open market, I think you'll see Hooker kind of coming around the. Um, I would, between eight and ten mil is what I would guess. Yeah, nine seven five is the max, maybe. And that's I mean Jordan Poyer's nine seven five. Micah Hyde's under it. And the guys like that would be in that range. Would be Justin Reed, Poyer, Micah Hyde, Jimmy Ward, Tyron Matthew, Adrian Amos, Devin McCourty, if Rayshon Jenkins, Tracy Tracy Walker. If he I has mean, that that really, I wouldn't good be year shocked year, if he gets up to get eleven. To wow, eleven. If he has a good year. I, I mean, dude, the the salary cap is gonna get nuts. Contracts so, are gonna get nuts. Yeah. Because eleven, eleven is your your John Johnson, and above that, Jesse Bates, Quandre Dix, Marcus Williams, KB. You know, it goes up from there. What's K, What's KB's base this season? Uh, Fourteen point one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll, do you think you take a hometown deal? Possibly. I think I think if the defense is as good as the defense is we expect it, he might just to yeah. keep playing beside KB. I mean, right? I mean, you're you know you're going to be most successful in in that situation, right? So right, right. I'm sorry, KB's base this year is one mil, but because he restructured his base salary is one mil this season. Yes, his cap hit is seven mil this season. Next yeah, year is when he gets expensive. Oh, okay. okay, nineteen yeah. mil next year. Ooh. 19 next year, 2024, 17 mil. So he gets more expensive in the next couple of years. And that makes you 100% positive he's not going anywhere. Well, I was going to say, what does that mean? <laughs> you, just keep, you know, if he has another all pro year, let's extend you one more year. Let's, 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 let's. Yeah. And start rolling some of that money forward. Yeah. If he has another good year, if he has one more uh, all pro year, it's, a, it's okay. That's when you get to the talks of, okay, we're not going to let you go anywhere for the rest and of the year. And also, I mean, with a contract like that, that's one you probably are comfortable adding a couple of void years to. If Absolutely. Yeah. What John Robinson loves to do. If if he has another all pro year, you wouldn't mind adding like a couple void years to to KB's right. contract, which I said John Robinson absolutely loves to do. Oh, exactly. You have to cut. That you out. see it. And you see it in Tannehill. He can get out of Tannehill's contract. Uh, he was able to get out of a couple other contracts easily. So that's something that he definitely loves. Julio gets a a four void year contract. <laughs> Not with us. With with Tampa. 
Hey, I am interested to see how that kind of shakes out in a couple weeks when when Tampa comes comes here for uh, practice. Just kind of see. Does Julio, does Julio, they're going to embrace Julio. Come? Julio, Julio gonna, come? Yeah, for sure. He'll travel. Does he practice? He might. Yeah, I don't see does how his he hamstring is. Does his hamstring get a little sore? It's just going to be funny to you see kind of how everybody's going to embrace him. It's just going to be funny to be like, "Damn, dude, you were here at this time last year, and it just didn't work out." Hey, dude, I don't know if you've been paying attention or if you've seen the Tampa Bay people. <laughs> the way that the Titans fans and media talked about Julio coming to Nashville last year is the exact same way that the Tampa fans and media talked about him coming to Tampa this year. Totally and even not. I think it was, might have been – it is, but even Buck, Buck Rising, told somebody, he's like, hey, man, you, you might want to pump the brakes because exactly what you're saying right now is word for word of what I said last year. And but, it was you know, not what I expected. With that situation, though, he doesn't have to be the, the not. stud like he had to be here. I like mean, dude, he's got he Mike Evans here. and Chris Godwin in front of him. And Russell Gage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could be – Julio Jones could be wide receiver four. That's a scary thing. And if Leonard Fournette gets back into shape, now they got uh, – what's his name? A tight end. Um, it's not Zach Miller. But uh, whoever they sign at tight end, I mean, it could be a scary offense. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, that's going to bother. Thank you, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, and they also got guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. Like they have plenty of re- receiving threats down there. They're doing just fine. That the time. What's the have. need for him? Why? Why did you need him? I think it was like because it's, it's Tom was like, hey, look, we got enough money. I'll, I mean, I'll get him, oh, Julio. Can we get him? What do you think? It's I mean, not gonna make the team worse. No, kind of one of those situations like the Titans drafting Roger McCreary. Like you can never have enough weapons, you know. If he's willing to go there and take the money he took and all that, why not? Word. We are nine days away from the first preseason game in Baltimore. I'm geeked for it. Football starts Thursday night. Raiders. Hey, dude. Yeah. Um, Travis Etienne is not playing. Trevor Lawrence is not playing. Derek Carr probably won't play. And I guarantee you I will watch every single second of the football game on Thursday. 100%. I kind of miss that the Titans, you know, that one year they played in it, that was cool. Like, I I wish they would bring that back. And I still wish they would bring that back. The GOAT, A.J. Chapasso, had the greatest special teams play of all time. Man, Chris, I wish you could have joined us. Me and Brett hopped on the Rally Tile Sports live stream last Thursday night. It was a fun time. We brought up the A.J. Chapasso thing, and they were just like, huh? But yeah. uh, we're gonna have to have them on. Yeah, they were, they were if dope. you're a Titans about, fan, you talk know. about that experience a little bit. That was pretty cool. I, I got to watch a little bit of it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join, but dude, bro, it was sick. They were super cool, man. Freaking uh, not Aaron Corey, dude. So, Corey, man, talk about a guy that's lived everywhere. He is from Cincinnati, but lived in Salt Lake City, then lived just outside of Denver, and now he lives in Detroit. Uh, he's been everywhere, but, dude, he's a super cool guy. He's a diehard Bengals guy. Aaron is a diehard uh, Browns guy. He he did not mind talking about the Deshaun Watson stuff. Uh, he was well, very well open to it. And, dude, I'll tell you what. They, you talk about guys that being open and, like, really letting you come on and talk. They wanted to know everything about second victory, everything about us. And they really wanted to dive into the Titans. It's really, really cool and a lot of fun. Yeah, everybody should definitely check them out. Uh, that's Rally Towel Sports. I believe it's Rally underscore Towel underscore S on yep. Twitter. Um, yep. That, it was great to watch you guys. I uh, wish I could have been a part of it. but there, It was cool doing a live stream too. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have to get them on with us at some point. No doubt. We, we, had, we talked a lot about NBA, Chris, so you would enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I heard some of that discussion. We, we I heard. Um, I heard some Grizz hate from you, but we're not going to talk about that. I, I was hoping you didn't see it. 
I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was a good, it was a good time, and I'm glad we did it. It's kind of cool just when things like that happen. They, they, you get a random DM like, hey, can you guys come on and talk? So it's pretty cool that they saw our stuff and, and wanted us to come on. So we'll definitely have to have them on soon. Corey and Aaron, shout out those guys. Um, but, yeah, football's back. You guys uh, you guys started playing your fantasy football leagues? I I, start, I reactivated two leagues today that I've been the league manager of. So I said before, I'm only involved in one league. Uh, this is our 12th year, I think. Uh, but, dude, I haven't even told you all about this. Uh, we had our draft scheduled for uh, September 6th, and it just so happens that the Titans are doing a private fantasy football event Yes, so we am. bought we bought a suite for it. So we're doing our no, hey, I uh I, I yeah. got an email about it too, and I asked my group, our, our work league. So you know, Wesley, I work for Wesley Financial. Uh, Wesley Mortgage is the official sponsor of the Titans. Um, and so I shot my boss and texted, like, "Hey, look, can you can you hook us up? Is there any way that we can get in?" Ended up, it's not gonna work out for us because we have some guys that will be out of town that can't make it. So I'd rather do it all or nothing. So yeah, we 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 we, we thought we could, but I'm glad y'all are doing. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, we and we got we're kind of in the same boat. We got to a point where we just couldn't find a date that worked for all twelve. Um, so I think we're gonna have ten of us there, and then two just kind of live streaming in. But um, it should be awesome. I mean, and we got a free ticket to the Titans Jags yeah. game as part of it. So oh, well nice. worth every Locker dollar. Room, you're going on the field. You get free food and drink. You're in a suite. Like it's yeah. gonna it's a it's a great deal for you wow. Know, it really cool. is fifty bucks a person if you break it down between twelve people. So hell of a deal. But yeah, I'm glad I'm jealous of you guys. I'm glad, I'm glad y'all are doing it. Um, all right. Well, again, football is near. We're gonna only keep improving this podcast and and and, and talking more football. Um, I'm excited like, to give our our ball predictions in a few weeks. I still want to do three offense, three defense, and kind of see what happens at the end of the year. I think total in the, in the years that we've done this, I think we probably only got two or three right out of all of us. They're, but they're bold for a reason, and I, I guess like, that's true. I think honestly, I think two. I think maybe like two and a half because I think one of us got half credit on one, but <laughs> we have not been good with them. But again, they're bold, right? We've been better with our week. We've been way better with our weekly predictions. Yeah, we've we've landed quite a few of those. Honestly, but, bro, we're kind of on we're kind of on on the spot too when we predict the records. Like the last two years, yeah, we've all true. been yeah, like y'all right both, there. Y'all both got it last year. True. I was one game off. I just, I just know my Titans, and I know they're going to the, win. The Colts are going to win the division. I'm going to tell you that. So, Facts. Facts, facts. All right, for Brett Bowers, Chris Carter, my name is Austin Nelson. You're listening to the Second and Victory Podcast. Again, give us a follow on Twitter at Second and Victory. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a review. Rate five stars, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys as always. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>